When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday, everybody. We've got all your NBA Finals action covered. I am Dave DeFore, joined as I am when I fill in for Jared Weiss on Thursday nights, every time by my good friend, Keith Parrish. Keith, 2-0 series lead for the Phoenix Suns. Did you ever expect to see the Phoenix Suns win a championship in your lifetime? I really didn't. I was pulling for him really hard in 1993. I really wanted Michael Jordan to lose. Why? What is wrong with you? I didn't like. I didn't like Michael Jordan. I cheered for the Bad Boy Pistons as a little. Do you like David Robinson? Listen, I saw Dennis Rodman clothesline Larry Bird when I was a small child, and it was my favorite thing I ever saw. And at that point, I became a Pistons fan, and so I had to cheer against the Celtics, and then I had to cheer against the Bulls, and so yeah. And then at that point, uh, when Michael Jordan was rocking people, I was pulling for Barkley and the Suns. Well, one eighteen, one oh eight, the Phoenix Suns take a two. Oh, series lead in the finals. And Keith, like, look, the Suns just look like the better basketball team right now. I mean, Devin Booker scores 31. You get 23 from Chris Paul, 27 from Macal Bridges. The Suns are better than than the Bucks right now. I think that's pretty clear. That's how it feels. This game was strange because it wasn't a blowout and the Bucks were within an arm's reach a lot of times. Like the fourth quarter, they were within six and they had a couple, they got a couple stops, but they couldn't grab the defensive rebound. And despite that, I never, ever felt like the Suns were going to lose this game. I was like, the Suns are doing whatever they want. And Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday looked terrible and looked lost and confused. And I guess Giannis willed the Bucks to stay in it. But I'm with you. We're like, it looks like the Suns are going to win the title. I know the series is long. And I mean that as far as like the actual calendar. They play like twice in the next seven days. So like they're going to spread this out. The Bucks have time to make adjustments. But it does feel like right now that the Suns are on their way to a title. And they're just, the Bucks are kind of helpless right now up against them. You mentioned Giannis, 42 points in 40 minutes, playing on the, you know, the bad knee. Like, he doesn't look good. He's still not moving right laterally. There is absolutely no way to pin a finals loss on Giannis. 42 points on one leg. This is the stuff that we love about the NBA, right? I mean, Giannis literally did everything he could. And we know he's hurt. When you said he didn't look good earlier, just to clarify, physically, he looked limited. Right. Obviously, basketball-wise, he was unbelievable. Uh, I just want to make sure for our, our less casual listeners that they didn't, uh, or more casual. Sure. The performance of Giannis, I mean, he hit the 20-point third quarter. It's the most points any player scored in a quarter since Michael Jordan against the Suns in 1993. No, I mean, Giannis did everything he could. He needs help. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, 
where are you guys? It felt in the first half like they were at least getting good shots, but is it the math game? These good shots are open mid-rangers, and when they're not knocking them down, it's then the Suns, hey, the Suns, all you have to do is make eight shots in the first quarter. Oh, are they all three-pointers? You're in the game. 12 of 37 for Middleton and Holiday for a combined 26 points. I mean, they shoot three free throws. This just isn't winning basketball from the Bucks. But let's talk about the Suns because the Suns are actually playing winning basketball. They get contribution up and down their lineup. 27 points from Macal Bridges, 31 from Booker, 23 from Chris Paul. Only 10 tonight from Aiton, but they didn't need any more than that. And it's because they're getting so much from the guys that they actually depend on. Yeah, I think there was a stat uh, from our buddy Mo DeKeel in the first quarter. The Suns had zero paint points. And it's like, well, they don't need them, man. They're knocking down three-pointers. If they're going to outscore the Bucks by 33 points on three-pointers alone, they're probably going to be good. They don't need to get to the line because like, they're hitting these open three-pointers. They're rocking these corner threes, and the Bucks. it feels like every Thursday night I'm on this show recording it for Friday morning saying, man, the Bucks can't shoot. As every week I'm on here, I'm like, like how do the Bucks miss all these three-pointers? That's the blueprint, Keith. You make your threes and you make the Bucks miss theirs. The Bucks shoot 29% tonight from three. The Suns shoot 50%. That is the blueprint for beating the Bucks. But the truth is, man, the Suns are just beating them at every single level, right? Like the Bucks just are not competing where they need to to beat the Suns. And Chris Paul is getting what he wants. Devin Booker is getting what he wants. And at a certain point, people need to start looking at the perimeter defense of the of the Milwaukee Bucks as the actual problem for this team because that's why they're going to get eliminated here in the finals. I don't know how much blame to put on the Bucks. I think there were things they needed to change after game one, and it felt like they did. Like, they attempted so many different coverages in this game to try to slow down the Suns. There was that incredible uh, highlight sequence where the Bucks played tremendous defense for 20 seconds, but it felt like the 2014 Spurs, where the Suns were just whipping the ball around, whipping the ball around, and they finally get it down low to Aiton, who lays it in and gets fouled. Like, the Suns are playing so so well right now I've started like feeling bad like I don't think it's a lack of an adjustment by the Bucks I think the Suns are the superior team you have Chris Paul fooling this element and I mean Devin Booker Mikhail Bridges when those guys are on what are the Bucks are supposed to do looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so the Bucks are winning the Giannis minutes. I mean, he was he was plus three in this game. 42 points, and I mean, again, crazy performance from him. But they won the Giannis minutes in game one, too. So what is the problem, Keith? How do the Bucks overcome the non-Giannis minutes? How do they win this series? Uh, 
Jeff Teague jumpers? I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> they, got, they got they got Jeff Thank Teague you, and Bobby Portis uh, coming off the bench. I mean, Brent Forbes can't really guard anyone in this series, unfortunately. Like I know they rolled with him the whole fourth quarter in game one, but I think the problem is, yeah, Giannis is limited. He can't play 48 minutes, and the Suns are a deeper team. When the Suns go to their bench, I mean, the Suns now have concerns. We have injury concerns. Dario Saric is out you know, for this season. Torrey Craig went down in this game. I don't have an injury update on him yet. But like, you know, they go to their bench, and like Cam Johnson comes in, and he's just another big wing just lighting it up. And like, you have campaign doing awesome stuff, making steals. Like He pushes the pace when he's out there. And then just the ability of having two guys who can both handle the ball with Chris Paul and Devin Booker being able to kind of trade off and just share that burden. It has them looking really good. And I can't get over Devin Booker, like how far he's come in his career and how under control he is and how he doesn't force anything. He lets the offense come to him and he's so smooth, so calm, and so deadly. And like just seeing him kind of come into his own and the trust that he has in his teammates knowing he has a bunch of great teammates who are going to make the right play and they're going to play good defense and then on offense they're going to move it around get a good shot like the way he's totally trusting his teammates and also then using his skills applying his skills as an unbelievable one-on-one score and offensive player it's just deadly i'm currently in awe basically of this suns team yeah devin booker is for sure like there's no debate he's a star he's a star player and anyone myself included Obviously, that was completely unfounded. Now, with that being said, we have game three coming up on Sunday. Okay. This is the NBA. 2-0 means nothing. Are the Bucks toast, Keith? Can the Bucks come back? Do they have the medal to bring it back and actually win this thing? I don't know if they have the medal to bring it back and win it, but certainly they're not going to go down in Suns and Four. Like I, I don't think we as a society can deal with Suns and Four <laughs> being etched into the annals of history if, in fact, that happens. So, like for the rest of us Bucks, at least get one of these games. But yeah, I mean they can be competitive. These games have been competitive. I think it's interesting. You know, you talk about them winning the Giannis minutes. I'm still intrigued by how they're using Brook Lopez. Like, should Brook Lopez be playing more? Like, even in this game, he's only a minus one. Uh, They have concerns about the defense with him out there, but I do feel like Brook Lopez, he's been playing great this entire postseason, and maybe the Bucs, if you're going to go down, maybe go down with heavy minutes to Brook Lopez, and like I'm interested to see if maybe that would be an adjustment they make is to kind of unleash Brook Lopez even more. I think Brook Lopez unfairly maligned for game one he was instrumental to their success in game one, the success that they had this game. You mentioned only minus one. That's an Avenue they need to explore. He's one of their better defenders. He's pretty good actually at defending in the mid range when they're in drop and you're going to have to live with Chris Paul hitting some of these shots. It is what it is. Like Chris Paul is going to hit the mid range shot Would you rather have a guy who's a little bit more competent at everything else? You're not going to stop the mid-ranger. You just don't have the the personnel for it. I think I'm with you there. Yeah, I hope when the Bucs return home, maybe they do get that boost from their crowd. They do extend this series. They do kind of have a good showing, and they get back into it. I mean, again, the series is not over. As impressed as I am with the Suns right now, and a lot of that might be just because even when the playoffs started, I mean, I was a doubter. 
I guess I couldn't get it in my head that you could go from 10 years of being in the lottery to being like, oh, they went 8 0 in the bubble, and now that plus Chris Paul equals NBA champion? Like, like it, it was hard to imagine. And now we're ha- they're halfway there, and it's, it's being like, wow, like, are the Suns really going to do it? So maybe the Bucks are going to feel like, you know, this is our chance. This is our, our opportunity. They understand it's really hard to get to the finals. You know, they've been the number one seed the past couple of years, and they fell way short. Now they're actually in the finals. Are we going to see huge games from Chris Middleton, who was down again in this game? And that is kind of the life cycle of Chris Middleton. You know, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know where the circle starts, but it's a underwhelming game, a good game, then an amazing game, then like we start over again, underwhelming, maybe a bad game, and it just goes in a loop. And so like maybe he will show show up again. And also Drew Holiday. I mean, they traded all those picks for Drew Holiday. And it was like, listen, we can't have Eric Bledsoe. We need a proven guy, a 16-game guy in Drew Holiday to come through. And he's had his moments this postseason, but so far in the finals, it's been a no-show. And they have to have Drew Holiday. And I'm very hopeful that he does show up in Game 3 and maybe we do uh, get a series here. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the podcasts we have over at The Athletic. If you haven't already subscribed, go to theathletic.com slash ding and do it now. Thank you guys for waking up with us. Keith, take it away. Ding, ding.